My conversation today is with Jessa Sanchez. In terms of spiritual practices, Jessa wears many hats. Meditation practitioner, astrologer, tarot diviner, and all-around self-improvement enthusiast. I sat down with Jessa to talk about one of my favorite and most frequent practices, meditation. Jessa's perspective was, for me, refreshing, as she seems deeply attuned to the realities of meditative and spiritual practice as self-transformation. I'm Ike Baker, and this is the Arcanum Podcast. So, um, you know, obviously, uh, we don't know each other as well as, uh, say, most of the other guests that I've had on, um, but still, it's a pleasure. I'm very happy that you're here. Yeah, thank and, you. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. Um, if you don't mind, tell me a little bit about your background in meditation and for lack of a better term, spirituality. Um, okay. So my background, let's see. Uh, I was in the military for about, I was working with the military for 10 years, the last 10 years of my life. So meditation really has been the thing to get me back to myself, because when you're part of such a big mission like that, the, your life becomes the mission, you know, and it's, it's like a lot of anxiety, a lot of like stress, like in the Navy, it's all about like, hurry up and then wait, you hurry up to where you need to go. And then, and then it's a lot of waiting. So it's like during those waiting periods, you can either go crazy or, find tools to help yourself like stay grounded. So meditation has definitely been the one tool that's helped me stay grounded in all the chaos around me. <laughs> that's excellent. Um, did you, did you get into it through like a, a course or had you been already familiar with it for many years? Did you uh, read a book? Well, um, I was very, very fascinated by Buddhism and like this idea that they could just like a monk could just, you know, sit down and just like be with themselves for hours. Like that's always been very like intriguing to me. And I guess like being like on watch as a soldier, uh, that's kind of like how I've had to stay grounded in it all. Like meditation helps you to really just find your center. Um, and like your your why, like why are, why am I here? Right. Um, let's see. Yeah. I mean, it's um that is the thing I think that turns, or at least that I've seen that turns a lot of people off to meditation, right? They, they kind of look at it as this unclimbable mountain. Um yeah. and and I think that part of the overwhelm that that comes with it, which is the excuse to never do it, right? Um, is yeah, the idea of sitting with yourself, being alone with your thoughts. I mean, I, I meditate regularly. I have for years. And, you know, being alone with my thoughts still scares me. It doesn't really go anywhere, you know. <laughs> I Well, I will say it intimidates me. No longer scares me. But yeah. um, that's a huge thing that, that I notice uh, among would-be meditators and people kind of just getting into it. Right. So when I was like, I guess... When I was 21, 
I was, I, that's when I was a single mom and I was, I had a lot of rage built up and my, my, uh, higher ups told me that I needed to go to anger management class. And I was like, what's that going to do for me? Right. So I go to anger management class and there's a bunch of angry people (laughs) in this class with me and they're all (laughs) forced to be here just like me, you know, and we're all like, why are we even here? This isn't going to work because, you know, we didn't choose this. We were forced here, you know? And like being in a room full of people that are so resistant and so close hearted because they're just so terrified of the idea of healing their anger. Um, it definitely like shakes something inside you when you realize like it's not just you. So um, I actually only made it to two of those classes. I couldn't be around the energy. Um and like whenever that we'd start the meditation and the teacher would start talking about like getting into your body, that's when I'd be like, I don't even know what that even means. And honestly, I think it has a lot to do with what you're putting into your body too. Because at that time I was actually smoking cigarettes. So I was like, high on nicotine, like without my nicotine, I could not function. I was super extra angry. And, and also I think birth control had a lot to do with it too, because I was on birth control too. So I think that like heightened my anger, but it wasn't until like, I finally surrendered to like the idea of therapy that I was actually introduced to like the right way of like training yourself to meditate. Um, My therapist actually gave me this book on mindfulness and like mindfulness is actually like just understanding the concept of mindfulness is what helped me understand the concept of like why meditation works. So yeah, that's that's, really got started. That's brilliant. Yeah. I, I I actually started with, uh, with mindfulness meditation as well, metabhavana. Um, and, uh, that's, Typically what I do most of, um, if I'm actually sitting down to like, you know, my morning warm up and stuff like that, but like active you, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really do a whole lot of no mind meditation. I have visualizations where like, I'm focusing on like a point. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like or a symbol. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But I, I, it gets like super, super simple when all I'm trying to do is concentrate. I mean, if you try and picture like a point in space right um having position but no magnitude it's 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 virtually impossible to do for more than like 30 seconds to a minute without something jumping around so so in that way i'll i'll train my my ability to focus right we have a lot of issues you talk about um putting stuff in your body coffee is a big thing for me caffeine just i i run on caffeine and um you know it, it does tend to it kind of bottlenecks all this, this energy that it gives me for a very short period of time. And then it just gradually disperses. So, uh, when I'm not on caffeine, cause it is a drug, uh, yes. <laughs> I can't, I have trouble focusing. Um, yeah. so I'm, I'm dependent on that. You mentioned something about, uh, which I really liked people very resistant to, to being willing to heal. Did you, or have you found that that has been part of the process for you, that meditation was something that allowed you to, to not only center yourself, but to actually kind of start to open, open your heart and heal? 
Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Meditation has helped me in ways that I didn't even think were possible. Um, just being able to like slow, slow myself down. You know what I mean? Like meditation, like when it really comes down to it, the longer you meditate, the more time you give for your body to slow down and be here, you know, in the present moment. It's so it's so hard for some people. Like I noticed for myself, like uh, just trying to when I first started, just trying to just like be with my thoughts was very hard you know, because they were, they were everywhere and, and meditation helps you to center yourself to one thought, you know, so then the one thought is slow down, you know, and like, I feel like it really does. Like eventually the longer you meditate, the more you're helping your DNA slow down inside your body. You know what I mean? Cause like what I noticed especially the past two years is like when I'm not actively meditating and I'm not like focused, everything goes by so fast. And my body's like in a hurry. Like I feel like my body wants to go to the next thing already, even though I haven't even started the first thing, you know what I mean? But with meditation, it helps me to really just focus on the task at hand. And that's, that's the one thing that I wanted out of it. And Yeah. But it really, it does take a long time. Like people think, oh, I'll meditate for like a week and then I'll be cured. But it's a (laughs) long thing for sure. It is. It's, it's absolutely um, a lifestyle. Yeah. Like discipline. Right. And that's where I was going next with that. And that rubs people, uh, particularly in like, you know, spiritual communities it rubs a lot of people the wrong way when you start saying discipline because there's this idea that you you uh you kind of ignore how you're feeling about a particular thing and just kind of muscle through it and it's it's not really that's not the key to something like meditation you know meditation you need to have a soft discipline i think where it's like you know you feel everything that you feel about not wanting to do this right now. And you do it anyway. It's like, uh, for me, it's like how I like to describe it to people is like, basically you're training yourself to be patient with you. That's what it is. Like you have to be patient with yourself. And if you're the type of person who has no patience with other people, it's a very, very hard for you to have patience for yourself because then you're giving those other permit people like permission to do all those things that you don't like. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Cause you, yeah, you, you tolerate that attitude from yourself. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you teach, correct. You, you te- do you teach meditation or is that something that you, you kind of do? Um, I, uh, I don't work. call it like guiding. I, I, I call I mean, not teaching. It's, it's more like I'm guiding people to the meditation but um, I do eventually want to get certified in it, but it's it hasn't been my priority since I, I just finished my um, massage therapy school. So that's my priority right now. And like just getting into the field, like a new field. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, I yeah, I, I had my um, 
my I, I had my LMT license actually. Uh, I I mean I I didn't really do it for that long. I did fairly high volume. I started in 2019, uh, and you know the whole COVID thing happened, and mm-hmm. <laughs> but it slowed down. But I was still out there. You know, um, yeah, I was still out there giving treatments. That's another thing. Um, addressing the mind body connection and sometimes especially in the circles that i run in meditation can be very oddly cerebral right and it's all about uh, kind of opening your consciousness up and that that's key right because like um as the you know the taoists say where the mind goes the chi flows but you know what'll get lost a lot of the times in the mix is that that deep deep healing from readjusting your baseline state yeah. that uh that can happen and i think that's a powerful adjunct to to massage you know especially because you are <clears throat> there are plenty of techniques i'm sure you have your own to sort of protect yourself from you know because you are you're you're kind of Touching relieving these people energy. yeah yeah you're you're kind of exorcising them and you're in the room with all that with all that stuff floating around so it's um you know i think that that's uh that's kind of an important thing that that certain meditative states can can do for you as well you know help you to um be able to i guess energetically or intuitive identify and understand the mind-body connection of the of the person you know laying on in front of you the client yeah. Yeah. I'd, I've, I've been working um, with like gemstones in my spaces. Like I feel like earth energy definitely helps people to be able to like be, be calm, even if they don't believe in it and you don't even tell them that it's there. Like the, it makes a huge difference in their energy for sure. Right. I'm assuming it, it you know, grounding really. Yeah. Yeah. So you do, um, you also, uh, practice astrology and did it and tarot. Do I have that right? Or is it just a astrology? Yeah, I do. I do astrology. I'm, I read people's astrology. Um, I do tarot and I do Oracle cards and I do energy readings. Um, so I, I, I dabble in a lot of things. Um, honestly, when I first began dabbling in all this stuff, it was for my healing. Um, to understand myself, to understand myself in a deeper, deeper level, to understand why am I here? Like, what is my purpose? And to give myself purpose, you know, um, because my yeah. purpose before was like the military, helping the military, like being in the Navy, like traveling the world, like seeing the world and being a part of a bigger thing than myself. But once I realized that bigger thing was unhealthy for me and my health, I had to cut myself off completely from it you know and man I forgot where I was going with that (laughs) (laughs) totally lost my train of thought what was your question well you were talking about how you initially got into things like tarot yeah to help yourself yeah okay so yeah I definitely got into all of that to help myself but then once I realized how good I was at like understanding this stuff I started 
reading my friends' charts. I started reading my family's charts for them and helping them understand themselves and doing like readings for them when they're feeling hurt or when they're feeling confused in life. I started doing like oracle readings for them. And because like I felt so good being able to help people like in my own life, I realized like I could take this to the next level and help even more people. And that's why I really got deep into it and trained myself to do all these things. Yeah. I think, um, I think really there's no better place to start than, right. I think one of the, the ancient maxims of, of a healer is heal thyself. Yes. You know, physician heal thyself. That should be the the first order of business. You kind of see, you kind of see nowadays, um, maybe, maybe it was always the case, but now it's, it's kind of just in your face all the time with social media, but you can really tell when, when you've been a, a practitioner of these kinds of things for a long time and you have used them to, to induce a state of what, what I, I definitely think is initiation, right? You're talking about, you're talking about breaking away from this organization of which you were like, um, you know, intrinsically kind of meshed into and coming to that aha moment or maybe tower card moment where you realize like, this is not who I am. I've just kind of thrown myself a drop into the bucket of water. But um, from there, I'm assuming, right? Because I went through a very similar trajectory. You extricate yourself and that now you have to find yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I went through a recovery for a while. And one of the greatest things I heard was that, you know, we shouldn't really call it just recovery. It should also be discovery because right now you don't know who the hell you are. You need to figure that stuff out. Um, and, and that's what proves the pudding, right? Is healing yourself with that stuff. You know, it works. And not only that, but you know, the application. So in other words, I could, you know, the difference between medicine and poison is the dose. If you are uneducated in how to apply these things in their proper balance, um, and what that looks like, not just, not just th- theoretically, but walking that path, um, you know, you, you're probably not ready to go and help other people, but, but you see a lot, a lot of times the cart put before the horse at this point, And people have been like, you know, they've read like a book about meditation and now they're like a full fledged teacher, uh, and, and, <laughs> and all that stuff. I see that a lot with tarot actually. With tarot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see that a lot with tarot, too. It's really great. It's a really great tool. And I, I, I love the the fact that so many people are diving into it because it's like opening up this new field. You know, I know it's not new field, but in this lifetime, it feels so new, you know, because everybody's so becoming so open to it. And it's kind of like freeing that feeling, you know, like, okay, I've been hiding this my whole life and now I just get to do it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I've been hiding this like curiosity inside me for, for my whole life basically. And now we're just like in this point in reality where everybody wants to know what Mm. it makes their spirit tick, you know? And I think that's really cool. Yeah. I'm excited about this new phase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it can definitely it can definitely be exciting. I I have found that it is slightly for for me uh it it can also be um irritating. Lab- well, no, labyrinthian, confusing. Yeah. Um you know, uh so <laughs> that's why I kind of went the route of of like uh, esoteric orders 
I need more structure yeah. in my life. I am somebody who, believe it or not, you know, I'm somebody who's much more in touch with the interior stuff, the the world of images and and things like that, dreams and music. Oh, so, yes. Right. I need something to, to I need a structure. And I need a program. Yeah. You need like a grounded structure where where you can apply it into your actual life. And right. And, and I mean I've been I've been studying tarot now for since 2014. Yeah. And I I just I don't give classes. I don't charge people for readings. I'll do readings every once in a while if I, if, for other people if I don't know them that well. Yeah. And I just don't trust my my ability. I see some people oh, who are really? like yeah, you know, it, it's hard. I, I scratch my head sometimes. I'm like, where's all this confidence coming from, from other people? You know, but, but it's, yeah. um, I, I had an amazing experience with the tarot that blew my mind. It was, and I was uh, a skeptic about it. Did you have something like that happen with you? Or? Well, so for me, I, I started with Oracle cards because I was terrified of tarot cards because I had been programmed to be terrified of them. So when with the spirit cards, uh, it just like really helped me open my heart more and more. And then once I, once I like opened myself to tarot, I just felt like I was like, uh, calling myself out all the time. And I'm like, is this right? Like, am I supposed to be calling myself out all the time? But that is what it's for. And I just thought, I, I think it's amazing. Yes. It's like, Sometimes it makes me angry because it's just affirming the things that like I need to change, but you know, it's it's part of life. It's the part of tarot. Like you can't, can't just be in love with it all the time. You have to have the times where it calls you out. And so you don't feel when you're like reading somebody else's, you don't feel inauthentic because you're giving it all. You're not, you're not just talking about the light. I know some people that like hate reading upside down tarot cards and they're like terrified of getting something upside down, like the death card upside down. What does that mean? Is someone really going to die? And really- <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, calm down. <laughs> you know? If anything, that's the 10 of swords, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I see, I was talking to somebody the other night um, about particularly about astrology. And I had mentioned kind of, you know, gruffly that, you know, I, I'm kind of the same way. Uh, I uh, There's got to be bad shit in the readings because there's bad shit in life, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> otherwise it's like- Point it out. It's like- Exactly. Important. Like you can't just tell somebody they're freaking amazing in a shining light. Like you got to tell them about that other side of them. Otherwise you're kind of doing them a disservice. You know, you're also doing yourself a disservice because you're going to have that lingering feeling like you weren't, you weren't honest, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you could be setting them up for, or, or I guess, right. You you get what you get. You get what you get in life. You, some stuff is, is unavoidable. Some, some, you know, kicks to the ass are unavoidable, but I feel like if you can start addressing somebody's and, and I feel like the more removed you are from them, the less well you know them, the better you're poised to do this. But if you can start orienting someone's attention towards the things that they need to work on, you could yeah. sort of like soften the blow of like a tower card experience or like a That's really exactly. rough Saturn return. <laughs> I think at least start exactly. understanding 
Yeah, my experience with it, like when I actually call people out on their stuff with my tarot readings, like my experience with it has been like them being like mostly people being like, I was thinking that, but I didn't want you to affirm it. But I'm glad you did, because then I just have this lingering thing in my head that something's not right, you know? (laughs) Right, right. So, like, it is, it's scary to just, like, point that stuff out, but I think that the thing that really softens the blow is, like, when when you're able to, like, tell them about your experience with that card, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the key there, experience with the cards. Um, What kind of deck do you use? Do you, uh, like, right now, what do you, what do you, what are you into in terms of uh, I really like the um and I just had it in my head but it's right here I really like the wild unknown right now I've been using the wild unknown tarot and also uh right here and also um the wild unknown um spirit deck and it's like an animal deck but that's what I've been using now but um I have so many it's all it's all in my office right now but I have I have so many and I really just go to the the ones that call me for a certain person like I don't get called to the same cards every time mm-hmm. so I think I think it's really cool once you start like piling up like the decks that you use like you you just because people are so different you know like yeah. you're never gonna get the same person twice ever so like just being That's able right to feel the energy for that, the energy of that specific person is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I have found that different decks actually, because of the different symbolism, they, they have different kind of personalities almost yeah. right? because you, you, they do talk to you. The cards do talk to you. Some of them are more direct. Some of them are more. Some are blunt. And exactly. Some, yeah. And some of them are like very, very intricate. You know, right, and and very like, and very like mystical. It can be like, yeah, oh well, like, I, like, you... like riddles, like speaking in tongues. You know, <laughs> right, exactly. Like you can interpret that in a couple of different ways. So. Yeah, exactly. But I have um, I've gone back to using like my ancient Marseille deck that I just keep. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is all. It's just so bossy. Marseille. Well, well, no, I got it in New York City when I lived there. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> But it's it's like you know, kind of. Um, it's your oldest deck, and you're like you love it. Yeah. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, the thing is, I learned on different decks, but this yeah. I have a connection to because this deck freaked the shit out of me. Really? Um, yeah. I was I used to work in the the West Village in Manhattan. Nice. And uh, no, <laughs> I hate it there. I think my uh, brother but, still works there. Yeah, I, I I'm so glad I got out of New York. But anyway, that's a different podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, I went down to this place called uh, House of Cards and Curiosities, and it was so cool. And it was just when I was starting to get into the occult, and right around the time where I was petitioning to join, uh, you know, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, and so I was really. Wow really kind of getting into this stuff and it's like from a movie you know this with all the weird shit on the walls and like there's like some old woman that's really she's watching me she's not speaking and uh i picked up this deck and i'm like all right so all the things i'm interested in talk about the tarot why don't i give this a shot i um 
I, I get on the subway. <clears throat> I take the cards out and I shuffle, shuffle, I shuffle. And I'm like, all right, for lack of having a question at the time, I just said, show me me. Yeah. That I, cause I didn't know, you know what I was doing. I'm sh shuffling the deck, shuffling the deck. I say, show me me. And I pull the moon card. Okay. What? Put it back in. I had no idea what it means. I put it back in the deck. I get back to my apartment, maybe 45 minutes later. I sit down. I shuffle the cards again. Show and me me. Same card. <laughs> I got the same card. Next day, I'm on my way to work. I walked down uh, what's called Cherry Cherry Walk on on um, Riverside Drive, and I get to uh, a lot of people don't know this. Ulysses S. Grant, the general right. who who won the Civil War, he's buried on the island of Manhattan. There's this massive tomb. Oh it's, yeah, um, I heard of that one. Right. So I I used to stop like hang out there and do some reading. And, yeah, basically. And uh, I brought the tarot deck. I had it in my backpack. I pull it out. I shuffle it. Show me me. Got the moon card a third time. And at that point, I was I was so freaked out that I was just like, um, this shit works. I don't understand it. This is crazy. I put the deck away for like a month. You know, <laughs> like I uh, think it was possessed. Like you were scared. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, I don't want to be called out that badly. How, how about like, <laughs> give it a rest for now? <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's like, show me me. You're emotional. Get in touch with your emotions, man. <laughs> I, uh, I, um, yeah. And I mean, that's, from from then forward right i mean that yeah. was my that was my process was just learning to be with my emotions and handle them and process everything yeah, it's funny is that's actually the card that i kept getting the one i was talking about earlier the death card i was like what does that mean why does this keep popping up and i kept, i kept like this was like back in 2018 and it's, and it's when like i had this like deep want and desire to just like kill the old version of myself and I didn't fully understand what that death card was telling me until like a year after I pulled that card but I kept pulling it it kept falling out of the deck for me like when I when I wasn't even trying to pull cards the death card would would come out for me like all year in 2018 that's why I like didn't even want to do readings on it and I was just using my spirit cards because it just kept showing me the death card. And I'm like, I think this thing's trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, I mean, in a sense, yes. Right. Because the, the, yeah. the old, the old you dies. That's exactly. really the death card is <laughs> cha change and transmutation. I, it's, it's funny, right? I, I asked myself the same question. Uh, I asked, well, I asked the cards the same question now and I pulled the fool. <laughs> nice. That's yeah. awesome. Show me me the fool. That's perfect. Oh, <sighs> Yeah, I think last year, uh, no, not last year, 2021, I was engaged to the to my ex. Uh, I was still working for the, I was working for the special forces, the Air Force special forces at the time. And like, I just, that's when I opened up my account, Transcending the Inevitable on Instagram. And I was like, I need to transcend like this version of me. And I remember doing the, um, it's on, it's on here. It's the, it's this really long one called, oh, okay. The Celtic cross spread. Yes. Yes. And Celtic cross. That was, that was, final, uh, 
the final outcome was the death card. And that's, and literally that version of me died like that summer. Yeah. That's a great spread. I, I, I quit that job. I quit that relationship. I knew it was going downhill. Like I quit my old life and I just like let everything go and like restarted. That's, that's, that's excellent. Yeah. I, the, uh, Celtic cross is an amazing spread. Um, I think, I think that was Arthur Edward Waite who created that. He was a member of the golden Dawn, actually one of the original members. So I, I nerd out on that stuff. Obviously that's my, that's my spiritual heritage at this point. (laughs) So you, what was that around the time that you moved to Appalachia? You know, yeah. down here. Yeah. yeah, I moved here um November. I moved to Boone in November of 2021. Mm-hmm. And I was like around my family. And that's when like all this stuff for my family was coming up. And I realized that stuff wasn't going to be healed. So I had to like move out of there so that it stopped coming up because it wasn't mine to heal anymore. It was like my family stuff that they had to deal with. And I realized that like uh, within like four months of being there, I'm like, oh my God, it's going to keep coming up the longer I'm here because, mm-hmm. because it's not something I can heal for them. They're going to have to heal it for themselves. And so I cut myself off from that. And that's when I, th- I, that's when I found the school in Asheville, the um, massage therapy school, and they accepted the GI bill and like everything just like uh, just like flowed smoothly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, historically, I'm sure you're aware, uh, this place is a place where people come to heal. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's, that's what brought everybody over here in the first place, right? The Vanderbilts and all that stuff. Um, are you, uh, are you finding that the energy is different here? I mean, I certainly did. I mean, the very first time I came down, yeah, um, the energy is like soft, you know, like the mountains like really hold you. You feel like you feel I mean, I feel pretty like held and like protected up here. Like I, I'm not worried about anything coming here like I was in the city or near a city. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just like it's a lot easier for me to open my heart on this mm-hmm. part of the planet for sure yeah absolutely so do you uh we kind of you know we've oscillated back and forth between talking about energy and tarot and meditation and astrology and synchronicity all that stuff do you have any kind of i guess magic practice or or, or ritual sort of aspect to your your spiritual practice um I'm I'm unsure of exactly what the question is, but uh, I think you're asking me like what I do for myself, like to spiritually ground. Is that what? You're yeah, asking? yeah. I mean, so so and obviously what kind of rituals I do for myself. Yeah, sure, sure, so, absolutely. So in 2020, no, actually, I started in 2018. 2018, I started following the moon. So. Every new moon, I would do a new moon ritual where I would write down all the things that I wanted to bring into my life. And every full moon, I would 
basically allow myself to cry and do a full moon ritual of things I wanted to let go in my life. And um, that actually for the first two years of doing that, I noticed I was going back and forth to the things that like were no longer serving me and like keep going back to it. And then, you know, it was like a tennis match because I was still around the people and the things that no longer served me. So it was very hard to just like cut it off if it was like there all the time, you know, but the moon rituals I noticed have allowed me to sync with my body. And I don't know if that's more of a woman thing, but I feel like it probably works for everybody. Um, It definitely it definitely, definitely can. Men feel it in a different way, but a lot, a lot of guys are not in touch with, with that because, um, you know, uh, in certain spiritual traditions, in the dark of the moon, you do the internal work, mm-hmm. and on the full full of the moon, you do the thaumaturgy or whatever it is, the 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 kind of magical work outward in the world, yeah. and um. I find that that tends to, you know, without, without uh, TMI, you know, um, the, the energies with which we work in, in any kind of spiritual path, obviously um, we are constantly attempting to sublimate them to something higher, something better, but they are psychosexual in nature. And so they ebb and flow with the moon because I mean, at the end of the day, a sexual impulse is really a creative okay. impulse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that, I mean, that's how I, and a few other guys that I've spoken to who are kind of in touch with that, that's more along the lines, I think of how we experience it, but, but is it something similar or, or slightly different for you? Yeah. It's like uh, the creation process, you know, like I'm not going to be able to create anything new if I'm holding on to all these old things that no longer serve me. So why am I holding on to it? Like, I'm just like adding to the pile on my shoulder and it's just hurting me in the end. And it's not serving me to be able to step forward and like pass the stuff that no longer serves. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So definitely working with the moon has also, it's also working with the moon is actually what helped me to be comfortable getting off birth control for myself like once i once i got off birth control in 2019 and kept doing my rituals with the moon i'm at a point now in my life where i'm literally um synced to the moon i was born on so i actually get my um my period on the waning gibbous moon which is the moon I was born under and that's the very like going internal and just like letting stuff go moon you know so it like now I feel a lot more like myself than I did the past couple of years because I'm in tune with like basically my birth time you know I mean with who I came here to be you know that's um that's incredible and I'm (laughs) that is that is super super interesting actually and I'm sure you know you know, I've, I've, we've had a few, uh, kind of very brief astrological talks and you yeah. seem like you, you really have a firm grasp on the subject, but the idea of the, the soul actually entering the body 
at the prenatal syzygy, which is, you know, the, the new or full moon right before the birth. So yeah. it's like, there's a, there's a lunar connection before there's any other connection really. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know um, in 2020, oh no, 2019 and 2020, I was getting my period on the full moon. And like, to me, the full moon means like completion, like, like, like a nine in numerology, you know, it's like the end of that cycle. And then in 2020, like towards the end of 2020 and all of 2021, I was getting my period on the new moon. And that's when I was like cutting off everything that no longer served me and just like moving forward. And I was like very, very confident in that. And I feel like it has a lot to do with like where my cycle was at and how in tune I was with like my life and where I was going because it went from like a nine energy to a one energy. And when I correlated it to my numerology on top of it, like it all sunk up. Like, that's why I, I'm a firm believer that like all these tools, like numerology, human design, uh, tarot, like Oracle decks and astrology, it's all relevant. And like, you can actually make it all, uh, align because it, it all does align because it's, it's, it all revolves around the number, which is you, <laughs> which I think right. is cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So do you, do you normally take, I guess, a metaphysical approach to all these ideas, you know, something behind the physical that's, that's, that's kind of helping you do all this stuff, or at least is the reason all of this stuff can happen? Oh, very much, very much. So like, I've, uh, I mean, I was born on the streets. And so I feel like the the only thing that I had to turn to was the metaphysical because I didn't have money. I didn't have clothes. I didn't have food. Like I didn't, I didn't have comfort. All I had was God <laughs> literally. So I've always been in tune with the metaphysical. And I think the, the only times in my life where I really didn't feel in tune was it was when I was on, when, when I was heavily on nicotine, when I was, uh, on birth control and when I was really, really like out of alignment with who I was for sure. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I know that, uh, Israel Regerty, who, who, uh, you know, is, was a big part of the, 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 the hermetic order of the golden dawn, or at least bringing those, bringing that stuff to the public. <clears throat> he wrote something to the effect of, you know, trouble is the most powerful initiator you know sadness and sorrow um because it turns us to god when everything else fails mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i've 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 known you know a lot of people who even if they even if they didn't grow up poor or or they didn't grow up um kind of having a rougher life it, there's you know trauma is yeah is kind of usually the catalyst towards like a sincere turn towards the spiritual. Yes. Oh yeah. I think that's why I've been like, so in tune with it my whole life because I like grew up in like traumatized environments. Um, mm -hmm. So it's always like, like when, when nobody else like seems to understand what you're trying to say, like the only thing you have to turn to is like 
the higher realms, you know, and I always, I really have always felt like my guides have been with me, you know, um, like my grandmother died when I was five years old. And that was actually the catalyst to me, like coming to America, basically, because if my grandmother never died, I would have never been alone and like on the streets and cops finding me and putting me in an orphanage, you know, that would have never happened if my grandmother didn't die. But like on the night of her death, I actually saw her in my dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, she looked very scary, by the way. I was five <laughs> years old. I was having a dream of my grandmother looking dead before I knew she was dead. She literally like, it was weird. Her eyes were, it looked like there was like a white film over her. Lost over, yeah. Yeah, and she was smoking a cigarette and she was like, you need a get away from your mother. Like she's going to ruin your life. She's going to ruin you. She's going to try to kill you is basically what she told me. And like, I woke up in the morning and she was gone. She was like being, her body was being lifted out of the little hut we lived in. Um, Where was this? This was in the Philippines in Olongapo city. But um, yeah, so her body was like being removed and I'm over here like I just saw her like she was just there. I was five years old and I'm having dreams of my grandmother telling me to get away from my mother. I'm not even with my mother. So that's like that was really the catalyst to like me understanding that no matter what happens in life, like I have God to turn to and my grandmother is going to be here no matter what. And that's maybe why she had to die. So she could be here in spirit with me, like through this process of life, you know, but I've always felt her with me and I've always felt protected whenever I remember that my guides are here, my ancestors are watching, but when I forget that, that's when I kind of fall out of line, you know, I fall out of like, tune with the universe Mm -hmm. do you pray do i pray i pray i pray very openly but um when i'm in when i'm in ritual i pray like very deeply um like like meditating for like two hours praying you know um it's very hard for me to like explain how i pray to you Yeah, no, I mean, I've never explained it before, but um, if you consider it prayer, then it's prayer, you know? Yeah, no, it's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, like a ritual, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I get my candles, I get my incense, I get like, the stones, I think would help ground me in that moment. And it really depends on what I'm praying about. And mostly, mostly, it's like, expressing gratitude and inviting in whatever it is that I'm calling for. Yeah. So there's a, that's, I think that's, that's the key differentiation for me between prayer and meditation. Um, It's a different kind of intentionality, you know, uh, again, in, in like some of the recovery circles um, that I was in, I heard it often said, and it's so unbelievably cheesy, but I have found it to be very true. Um, uh, prayer is when we speak and God listens and meditation is when God speaks and we listen. Yeah, exactly. I, I really liked uh, it's I that has stuck that. with me. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to stick with me now. because that, that makes it make way more sense. Like 
when I'm meditating, what I'm trying to do is be the observer instead of observing myself, you know? Um, yeah. But it's, but when I first started meditating, I, I definitely did observe myself a lot because I noticed my impatience. I noticed my impatience with just the idea of meditation. I noticed my impatience with my impatience. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you get impatient with yourself because you're impatient and you're like, right. what a paradox. How do you fix that meditation? Right. That's it. That's the only thing that's going to fix it. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's, it's a really interesting kind of like philosophical rabbit hole or, or I guess existential rabbit hole. Yeah, like the snake eating itself, right? <laughs> exactly, the Ouroboros. But um, what I found that meditation has helped me do over, like you were saying, a very long period of time, it's like, <clears throat> and this is, <laughs> this will only kind of, this this uh, visual analogy will only serve the people watching this on YouTube because that's, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like, here's like me, myself, and here are my thoughts. And when you're alone and quiet, it's just this <laughs> all the time. Right. Yeah. And then after, after a while, right. It just, and the thoughts are over here going crazy, but I am still, still yeah. and I'm kind of watching the thoughts. And the coolest thing about that kind of like delamination of the self and the, the thoughts, the monkey mind. I know in the, in the Western alchemical tradition, it's a rabbit. Mm -hmm. um, the, the monkey or rabbit mind, when you detach those things, you're, there's two things that happen. One, you realize I am not my, my thoughts. And then you have power over them. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the other thing is that it does create this, this, this space. And you, you get to use that. If you, if you really cultivate it in your life, right? Because the difference between this and this is reaction time. Mm -hmm. I have a minute to realize, wait, hang out. You know, uh, yeah. this, this is an emotional reaction. Do I want to, is it wise to react on this? I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. Anybody who knows me will tell you, I, I, I don't get, I don't, I don't hit the, I, I probably, it's probably 50, 50 with me, but it was, it's a lot better than, um than what it, what it was. Yeah. I understand completely. I understand completely. I'm an Aries sun in Western astrology and, uh, and a Scorpio moon and a Gemini rising. So it's like, you could either get the very, very dark version of me, or just like the very, very fiery version that tells you like, Hey, you're either going to do it or you're going to be a loser for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Explosive fire and very, yeah. very deep, dark <laughs> waters. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a, I have, I have a, um, a stock question that I ask everybody. <clears throat> and I am so sorry to be, because uh, sometimes I'll give people a heads up, but I'm going to spring this on you. Okay. <clears throat> three, three books. YouTube channels, teachers, and, and kind of in any media, just three things that you would recommend anybody who has listened to this conversation, uh, kind of check out to that to get a, a little bit more of a firmer footing in what we talked about. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. So 
Actually, the one book that I recommend heavily to everybody is The Untethered Soul by Michael Asinger. Have you heard of it? I have. So the the Michael Asinger book, The Untethered Soul, is really the book that helped me to understand what sitting in the seat of consciousness really means and what it really means to meditate, for sure. Um, So there's that. Um, for anybody that doesn't understand like where certain feelings come from, I definitely recommend you can heal your life by, um, I just had it. What is her name again? You know it. Louise May. Or is it Louise Hay? I was, I'm looking it up right now. (laughs) Uh, Louise Hay, H-A-Y. Yeah, Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. I really like to use that as a reference guide to like, if I'm feeling pain in certain parts of my body, but like, it doesn't make sense that I feel pain there. I go to that guide and it'll tell me what feeling that pain is associated with. So that's definitely been serving me since 2018 as well. And anything written by Deepak Chopra. Like the first, the first Deepak Chopra book I was led to was the seven steps to, it was a spiritual, no, seven steps to spirit, seven spiritual steps for success. That one. So that one definitely like broke down like spirituality in a more, in a more like a like a digestible way for somebody that doesn't understand it at all, you know, right. um, and it like definitely helps you put into perspective the steps that you need to take in your life to get to that point where you're spiritually grounded in yourself and your purpose. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's in- interesting. You were the things that you were kind of mentioning about the Louise Hay book um so so that's kind of associating uh the bodily issue with the emotional stuff obviously we have a saying in massage therapy the issue is in the tissue yeah <laughs> so that that's pretty interesting because a lot of people aren't aware that we store our emotional pain and mental pain in our body oh yeah i'm super aware of it cuz i've had a lot of trauma to my body and i've I've definitely put a lot of strain on my body that I didn't realize I was doing to like, like get out rage or like, you know, just get out a feeling that I didn't know like how to get out because nobody taught me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, is there anything that you wanted to talk about in in terms of anything you want to mention uh, before we wrap up? stuff that you've got going on. I know that your, your Instagram page is at transcending the inevitable. I'll actually write that out in the show notes for, for this. Um, and you've got, uh, you've got a website coming up, uh, in, in March and you, you, you're, you're available for astrology, coaching, energy work, divination of all kinds. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I really like to do for people is what I call the Trinity. And it's literally the uh, numerology, human design and astrology reading all in one to like get to like the base of the person. Um, 
especially if they're new to all of this, like it's a good stepping stone into understanding themselves. Um, but yeah, I also do astrology readings right now. I'm like in transition because I really like Western astrology, but I really love like my ancient astrology for me. I feel like Western astrology really serves you in understanding your lower self and Mm -hmm ancient astrology or Vedic astrology helps you in understanding your higher self and like what you're capable of achieving in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. So, so th- they hold like very like different meaning for me, but they, they're, they're both very relevant. And I started deeply in Western astrology to understand my like psychological self. And I, I feel like that does, it, it can serve anybody. So there's that. And I also do tarot readings and energy readings. Um, but I'm like in transition of like pricing and stuff because I'm trying to make it very fair and like very affordable, especially right now when, yeah, you know, things are in transition for sure. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, Thank you and- for having me. Yeah, thanks for this talk. It's it's been really nice to get you know, get to know you. Thank you.